I'm Christiana Hilberg, ex-Mormon and mom of three. And this is I Fucking Knew, a show where we break down life's unexplainable moments. The times when you know something's off, but you can't put a finger on it. Or you're drawn to a path that feels right for you despite others' opinions. And when your gut feeling was just too loud to ignore. Each episode features a guest who shares how their intuition showed up for them. Everything from vivid dreams that a partner was cheating, to meeting someone and instantly, no, and being called to just do something else. These are the moments that change our lives forever. Ready to strengthen your intuition? Okay. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I am so well. I'm so excited that we get to chat today and we have some really juicy things to talk about. Yes. I'm so pumped. All right. So we all know that this podcast is centered around your intuition and times that you just fucking knew something. But today you are going to talk about reconnecting to that intuition because hi, hello, sometimes we get disconnected and we might be disconnected for so long that we literally have no idea how to like tune back in. So let's talk about what you do with your clients. And then I feel like it'll just kind of segue into all the things we need to talk about. Yeah, of course. So I am an integrative nutrition health coach. I help women really reconnect and gain clarity with what works for them, their food and lifestyle choices, what, what's good silencing, learning to silence the should and shouldn'ts and they can't have this and they can't have this and really reconnecting with your intuition. And everyone has an intuition, right? Like it's our inner knowing we all have it. And through our lifetime, through diet culture, which is extremely toxic, we learn to disconnect with it. And so it's really relearning how to connect with your intuition. Your intuition is just something that you already know the answers for. There doesn't need to be a reason for it, right? It's a small voice in your head that really like guides you without having to think about it. And so it's there. It's telling you exactly what you need. We just have to really reconnect with it to learn what those things are. And I tell all of my clients, your solutions are within you already know the answer. You already know what works best for you. We just work together to pull them out and to learn tools and tips that you can apply in your life in order to get there and to really gain clarity on what works for you. So I've got lots of tools and tips. We can cover a couple today. <laughs> um, my One of my first ones that I think is extremely helpful for clients is to bumper your food choices. And you can apply this to anything really that you consume. It doesn't have to just be food. It can be your movement practice. It can be, if you have a mindfulness practice, it can be how you consume stress and anxiety and all of the things in your life. If you bumper them with these questions, it can really allow you to get super crystal clear on why you're doing the thing and how it made you feel. And so the two questions are when you're going to do something. So say you're going into a super stressful day at work why, why do you feel this way? If you are walking to the pantry and you're like, I'm actually not that hungry, but like, I'm still walking to the pantry. Why? There's lots of reasons why you, maybe you are hungry. 
maybe you're thirsty and you haven't had any water today. Maybe you're sad or anxious or stressed or overwhelmed or depressed or there's a million different reasons. So if you can really get clear and honest with yourself on the why behind your choices, you can start to get to the root of it. And I say that often is all of these emotions and all of these things are really just symptoms. And what I do and what really like the holistic way of healing is, is you try to find the root cause. And so when you can start being super honest with yourself and get to the why you discover the root cause, and then it's an easy, you can easily fix any situation if you know the real reason. So going into the decision, ask why. And once you've consumed it, once you've had the stressful day, once you've eaten the bag of chips, once you've had the cookie, you know, whatever the thing is, really get honest with yourself and ask how it made you feel. How did this make me feel? And I, it's, it's pretty astonishing what a simple question can reveal. You know, I've had clients that have had the same exact breakfast for two years. And when they started asking those questions, they were like, oh, actually this breakfast does not make me feel good. It makes my stomach hurt. And it makes me have like a total sugar crash and I have no energy within two hours. So you can really start realizing what works. And when you connect to those questions and you really feel it, you start reconnecting to your intuition. Your body is an incredible machine. It already knows what you need. And, you know, through the years and marketing and diet culture and the magazines and the things that we hear, we learn to silence our intuition because we don't like what it has to say. And it's not there to give you what you want to hear. It's there to give you what you need to hear. And so when you can get really honest with yourself, you can reveal these questions. And so I think that's really the first step in, in learning to reconnect is you have to be honest. You all, you have to be in a place that you're ready to be honest with yourself. And some people aren't, and that's okay. You will be eventually. And when you get to that point and ask these questions and be super frank, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say like, I'm worth it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my so gosh. I think that's a huge, huge, uh, it sounds very simple, but when you start doing that and apply that throughout your day, every day, it mm-hmm. sort of just becomes habit. And you quickly learn what makes you feel really good and Mm -hmm. what doesn't. And you can do more of what makes you feel good and less of what doesn't. And before you know it, you look back and you just do all of the things that make you feel really good. And you've kind of silenced the things that don't. Yeah. I absolutely love that you teach this around nutrition, but it also trickles into like your entire life. Right. So like whole body wellness. So once you start practicing with one thing, then you start to practice it in another area. So like in my case, I do this for work and okay. Is this client, like, is this person, somebody that I want to work with? How does it make me feel while I'm working with them? And, uh, it has totally changed the trajectory of like my business and the energy around it. And so, especially when it comes to food and as a woman, I'm like, I didn't even realize some of the beliefs that I had because I had almost, they had just become normal. They had just Mm -hmm. become like mainstream because I've heard them ever since I was a child. And now that I have little people around me, I'm way more aware of like, oh my gosh, 
what am I saying or how am I acting? How are they viewing me? And how can I, gosh, what am I even trying to say? Like how, how can I be a good example to where they don't grow up with all of these narratives that I have? Mm -hmm. And a hundred percent, I feel the same thing. Like I have two young girls and you have girls too. So it's, it, it definitely being a parent definitely is a a mirror (laughs) and good and bad ways. And you're like, Whoa, what is happening? It a hundred percent. Like you can think back to how you were raised and the, the beliefs that you have that you learned throughout your childhood, whether good or bad, or like support you or not. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about beliefs, right? Like they sort of just become part of you, but the ones that don't serve you well, don't have to be there. Like Mm -hmm. move on just like relationships, like as you grow and you learn and you go through middle school and high school and college, you grow as a person, you, your relationships change with the people around you. The same thing should happen with yourself, right? Like you learn and you grow and you expand. And I think something that to ponder is, is the choice in front of you. Does it expand you or does it contract? Is it expansive? If it is great. If it's not, maybe it's not something that you sh- that really serves you well. And so I think like really focusing on the things that do serve you well and the beliefs that do, and sometimes you just don't even realize. And that is part of my job as a coach is to bring, to help people bring that into their awareness. And once you're aware of it, then it becomes a thing. Then you can figure it out. But with, before you have awareness, it's just part of what you know. And so taking steps to really bring it in front of you and to say, oh, like that's what's happening is, mm-hmm. is part of it. And it's the same thing in parenting, right? Like my, I'll probably butcher this because I didn't listen to my, my husband listened to this podcast and he was like, this really pertains to you and your work is he said, when you're in a parenting relationship your partner can very clearly call out the traits they see in your kids of you. But it's very difficult for you to see your own traits in your child because they're normal to you. Like it just is who you are. And it's very obvious to see someone else's. And that goes, it's the same thing with coaching, right? Like it's very obvious to me oftentimes what the client's struggles are it's very difficult for them to see that. And so it, when you start asking these questions and you become really mindful about the decisions that you're making on a day to day, whether it has to do with your food or your movement or your life, anything in your lifestyle, you start questioning it. And when you start questioning it, then it becomes, you can create a new reality. The one that you want, the one that you feel good living, Mm -hmm. like your, it's full, your life is fully in your control. I believe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It feels sometimes as an adult that it's just a journey of unlearning shit <laughs> that has 100%. Been, that, that we've been telling ourselves over and over. There's something that I was, that was told like a phrase that I heard a lot growing up and it was what they should be doing. Like, oh, is, 
this person doing what they should be doing. And I didn't really ever question that or think anything of it until later on in life. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Should be doing right. Because we're all so unique. Like there is not Mm -hmm. an umbrella for what everyone needs to be doing. Right. Because we're all so different. And when I became a fitness instructor, I've been teaching for years and it's the same thing. Like seeing everybody's bodies, we're all different. We all have different genetics. We all move differently and like have different metabolism. Like it's just, it is what it is. And so much in the studio or in the gym, you hear comments like, oh, you know, like I wish that I looked like that, or I wish that I could do that. And the biggest message that I hope my clients leave with is like, okay, is this movement something that my body enjoys? Do I love Mm -hmm. what I'm doing? Do I feel happy afterwards? Is it filling my soul with happiness to be doing this thing? If not, maybe this thing isn't for you. Maybe let's find something else, right? Like, do you see that with some of your clients where they almost come to you and they're like, well, I've been told my whole life that I need to do cardio five days a week. I fucking hate it but I still do it. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. It's funny because the, the gateway to me really for most of my clients has been nutrition. I mean, I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, right? So like, it's an obvious gateway and it's, I've been told my whole life, these are the foods that I should eat. Like I don't enjoy them or they don't work for me help. Like, what do I do? And so it's really exactly what you said. Like we, diet culture tells you what you should and shouldn't have. It labels food as good or bad mm-hmm. food. And it took me, I'm speaking to myself here. Like it took me years to unlearn that. Yeah. And now like having food freedom, which is such like a weird term is extremely invigorating knowing that food is just food. There is no good or bad. Sure. There's foods that make your body feel a certain way Mm -hmm. and that might make you feel good, or it might make you feel bad, but the food is not good or bad. It's just food. And when we label it as good food, bad food, you want the bad food. Like I can't have this. What you focus on grows when you're like, I can't have the bag of chips. All you want is the bag of chips. Right. And then you restrict, restrict, restrict until you get into this, like, okay, I'm just going to have the bag of chips. And then you eat the whole bag of chips. So you get into this like binge restrict cycle and it's just a really, it, it becomes like this really negative cycle and it, then it becomes how you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're, then you beat yourself up because you just ate the whole bag of chips. And then it's just this, like you go into this downfall. Whereas if you were to just look at chips as chips, have some chips, see how they make you feel. If you feel fine eating the chips, fine. If you feel bloated and you have digestive issues after maybe you don't eat the chips the next time. So like when you connect to the feeling that you get, when you're doing things, you can start to silence the should and shouldn'ts and the can and can'ts. And it's just really connecting and knowing that exactly what you said, like what works for me might not work for you. We are all bio-individual. It is not one size fits all drives me crazy when people are like, Yeah. When I hear like coaches or anyone really saying you should do keto and go spit to a spin class, I'm like, no, (laughs) that is not how it works. Sure. Keto can be great. Sure. Spin can be great, but 
that doesn't work for everyone. Everyone might not enjoy it and that's not going to work for everyone's body. It's just, everything is unique. Everyone is unique. You have to find the approach that works for you. And going back to the very first thing I said is all your solutions are within you. You already know the answers. You just have to reconnect your intuition to really find them and listen to the messages that your body is sending because your body is an incredible machine. It is extremely intelligent. Like think of all of the things that it can do for you without you ever having to do anything. And so it just, if you reconnect to, especially as women, right? Like after becoming a mom, it just gave me a whole newfound appreciation for the female body. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Yes. So the things that it can do, of course it knows what you need. Mm. It can create life. Like that's a miracle in itself. It knows what you need to eat. It knows what you need to consume and knows how you need to move your body. You just have to listen. I think that a lot of us have looked outward for like what we need, right? For a while, maybe not all of us, or maybe some at some times, but it's like, once you learn how to, you can still consume and still like see it, but you don't have to like take it in or internalize it. But that question that you were talking about, or even just knowing like, okay, asking myself, how does this make me feel literally changed? everything. It changed from, you know, my nutrition to work, to how I move my body, all of it. And so I love that that is like the first question that you have people ask is how is this making me feel? And the same thing goes for me. Like some chips, I can totally eat a bag of, and like, I, my body doesn't feel icky. And so I usually, now it's like, I want to eat those chips and I don't ever Mm -hmm. feel like sad about eating those chips only because I know that my body isn't going to want to like shit my pants afterwards, you know, or like other chips, other chips. I eat like two handfuls and I'm like, Oh my God, I can literally feel that. Like everything. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference. And, and like, I love, I love talking about this because I think the like marketing is really powerful and there is a lot of food companies that have really strong marketing. So if you have a handful of like, Doritos and you have a handful of like, I love these. I think they're like just foods or something. They're these avocado chips and they're three ingredients. It's potatoes, oil, and salt. (laughs) (laughs) And they're, it's avocado oils. They're like avocado chips and they're so good, but they're super clean. Like there's three whole ingredients and that's it. There's literally nothing else in these chips and they are so good. And I could eat two bowls of them and feel amazing. I just had a bunch of potatoes basically like sure. It's a lot of salt, but like, I feel fine. I can't eat a bowl of Doritos. I'm like, my stomach would be killing me immediately after. So there are, there's definitely alternatives to like your snack foods, to your meals. Like there's usually a healthier option that's going to make you feel better. Like I used to deprive myself of a lot of things. Like, have you heard of the term orthorexia? Uh-uh, no. It's basically when you're like extremely aware of everything that you eat and drink and consume okay. and move your body. Like that was me. I used to not eat bread. I used to not have pasta. I used to be extremely aware of every single thing that went in my body. And when I started really checking in, 
one, that's not sustainable. Two, it's not fun. Who wants to live a life like that? That sucks. And it just eventually didn't feel good. I didn't look the way I wanted. I just kind of was at this place where I was like, this sucks. This, there has to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then when I started letting go and eating the things that I wanted, I felt a million times better. But when I, and I have pasta multiple times a week, but the pasta I have, I have chickpea pasta. I have red lentil pasta. I have pasta that I know makes me feel good and completely fills that craving for a very carby hearty meal. And so I, I tell my clients all the time, like there's all, there's always an option that you can try that if you are like, I just can't give up my pasta. Girl, you don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to give up your pasta, switch it out for other alternatives and see what you like. Mm -hmm. See, I see how it works. Yeah. Um, I love a good pasta with ghee and like some vegetables thrown in and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. So it's really, again, going back to those questions, like those are some of the first questions that I have my clients like really get honest with themselves about because they are extremely eye-opening they can show you a whole world that you had no idea existed by simply asking two questions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a really like a cornerstone of, of reconnecting to your intuition. It's your intuition speaking. Just kidding. It's me, Chris. If you've been yearning for more, but aren't sure where to start, your life doesn't look like your own and you're ready to make changes that lead to a reality that feels like you, I encourage you to apply for a 15-minute call with me where we talk about your goals and the next steps that feel completely aligned with you. Click the link in the description of this episode to apply. Another, um, my second tip is break your goals into really small steps because big goals, like the new year's resolution style, like goals don't work. We know this. Like every time you're like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to work out five days a week for the rest of this year, girl, you're going to last like two weeks. And you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> it, it's too hard. Like it's too big. And so really break big goals into small steps. And when you make them small, and I mean like really small, like if your goal is work out four days a week for six months, start with today. Like think about your next best decision. What can you do right now? What can you do today to get you towards that goal versus I'm going to work out four days a week for six months. If you focus on the, the now small steps, you will create a huge impact. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's astonishing actually what you can create by breaking your big goals into small steps. It is life-changing really. Like you can accomplish so, so much. And you, it's funny because like I've worked with a lot of people and I've seen this in myself as looking back, you're like, actually it was really easy creating these habits that make me feel really good because you do them in small achievable steps that are realistic for your current life. And when you make them realistic for your now, for what is happening in your lifestyle right now, they become achievable. And 
you find ways to make them easy and fun. And when you do that, you, the feeling of success will keep you going. Versus if you're like, I want to work out four days a week. And then next week you have something come up and you only do one day, you feel like a failure and you just kind of stop. And so when you do it small steps and you achieve that small step, you feel success. And when we feel successful, you're more likely to do it again and then do it again and do it again. And before you know it, you just created a healthy habit that you were like, I had no idea that it was even possible. Yeah. And so it's, it's really incredible what you can do by, by just doing like really small things and it's, it can become really powerful. One of my favorite things is your health and your lifestyle can work together. You just have to find the ways to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And it, I think a lot of people hear the word healthy and run away. And it has just a very like, I think a lot of people think it means eating kale salad for lunch every day and eating almonds for a snack and, yeah. and like having black coffee. And it doesn't have to be like that. Like it can, you can live the way you want. You just have to break it down and make it small and digestible for your life. That is a hot tip. Break that shit down, make it small, make it digestible. I love that. I want to go back though, really quick to food and choices, a couple things. So for me, what helps me get interested in like expanding my horizons of what I eat is either like buy a new cookbook and try something out or it was funny. I went and stayed with a girlfriend a couple months ago and she is vegan. And so everything that she cooked was vegan. And I mean, it was great. Everything tasted literally like exactly. She made me like a sandwich with vegan meat and cheese. And I was like, hi, hello, this is great. I would have never tried that because I just, it's like not in my radar. Like I have not ever tried, not because I don't want to, or because I don't like it or because I have mm-hmm. some sort of preconceived, like, Oh, vegan. It's not even that. It's just because I stay with what is easy. And I also stay with what is convenient because with three kids, girl, I'm just like, what the fuck can I make in five seconds? <laughs> like, what can I get in front of them in five seconds? So I also want to talk about that aspect is like, not everybody has access to a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Like not everybody can buy vegan or organic. And so if we're talking about, you know, finding things that work for you, but they're like, listen, I, I can't try organic pasta. Like what is something that you can give them? Like try this instead, or look at this instead. What are some tips? Yeah. So the, I think the, you don't have to buy organic. Sure. It's a great bonus, but not necessary. The biggest thing is the ingredients. So the, if there, if you look at an ingredient list and the very first thing on it is enriched flour, it's probably not your cleanest option. That just basically means that that flour was stripped of all its nutrients. And then they added some nutrients back in and production and they're not natural. And yeah, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) The ingredients are what's really important. So the less ingredients that are on the ingredient list, the better, 
And the first five ingredients are what is most prominent in that food. So if the very first thing is sugar, that food that you're eating is very high in sugar. If sugar is like way down the list, okay, butter. What, so really kind of like learning how to read nutrition labels and ingredient lists, I think is important because you don't have to buy the organic, like super expensive pasta or the grass fed meat or, you know, whatever the thing is, the ingredients are important. And so, and the, the pastas that I buy, I buy like the bonza chickpea flour. They're right next to the regular pasta. They're like all in a little aisle. They're like not that much more expensive if at all. And like bonza even makes a macaroni and cheese for kids, Mm -hmm. which is great. And like, I love red lentil pasta because it has a lot of protein in it. So Mm -hmm. if you're vegan or, you know, vegetarian and you don't want meat and you still need to get your protein, it's a great alternative. And you have to like, kind of, if you are vegan or vegetarian, like you're not spending the money on the meat. So Mm -hmm. there's that, but you don't have to buy the expensive stuff. It's really the quality of the ingredients that is more important. Um, And I actually, I have a service called the pantry edit, which goes over all of that. Like it, we dive into a 45 minute deep dive into how to read nutrition labels and ingredient lists and what to look for and tips for food shopping and really kind of how to navigate the labels because they're confusing. Mm -hmm. And especially when big marketing companies put like made with plants on the front and you look at the ingredients and you're like, where are the plants? (laughs) There's no plants in here. (laughs) Like there was a, there was a, um, I saw recently a bag of goldfish had on the front. It was like, the food coloring is from plants. And then I looked at the back and I was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, okay, there's 55 ingredients in these. (laughs) It's just, yeah. So I think it's really learning how to navigate what to look for and figuring that all out because you don't have to buy organic and you don't have to buy the expensive things. It can really just be about the quality of what is in what you're buying and making alternatives from there. And exactly what you said, like, I think people do what's easy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, how would you change it? And so really just kind of questioning, like, is this what I should be buying? Is this good? Or is there another option that I can swap it out? That would be a better option. That's a healthier option or that will make me feel the way I want to feel. And so going back to the original question is checking in with how you make, how it makes you feel. When you eat the foods that you normally eat, check in with yourself, check in with yourself when you're eating it. Is it fulfilling? Check in with yourself after does your stomach hurt? Are you thirsty? Do you have a headache? Do you feel fine? And really tuning into that. And then you can kind of figure out the foods that you maybe could do a swap for and find Mm -hmm. something that makes you feel better. Yeah. A few years ago, I tried to do, oh my gosh, I've tried to do it twice. So I was a part of a gym, like, I don't know, eight years ago, and they were all doing whole 30 and they all had like a whole 30 group. And I was like, yes, I will totally try this. (laughs) And that was, I only made it like 11 days. And I was literally feeling like so angry. I could not even like think (laughs) about anything. However, one thing that that group did teach me was how to look at ingredients, which I felt was like a huge help. So even though I don't necessarily like everything in my cart is not, you know, like I'm not checking all the ingredients, but if I look at like a pasta sauce 
or yeah, a pasta or certain things. I totally look at the ingredients and I feel like that group helped me just become more aware of what I was putting in my body. However, I felt like that for me was like, it felt kind of like what you talked about before, like very restrictive. And I felt like, oh my God, now I can't have anything that I want. And that's all I thought about. Like it was like consuming my mind and I did it when I was pregnant. Kurt and I did it when I was pregnant with stone and I was losing my goddamn (laughs) mind. Like we were on a road trip and I was like, I'm going to have a freak out. (laughs) And I was like, I'm so sorry, but I just make you hangry in the first place. So maybe not the best time to try to do it. Not the best time. Like it can be really great for like weight loss or a reset, but it is, it's very restrictive. Totally. And so that's not right for everyone. And some people can get really obsessed with, you can become obsessive over it. And that's mm-hmm. not the goal, right? Like the goal is to feel good. Yes. And so it's finding the things and like, it can be great for a reset just to kind of like clean slate, mm-hmm. but it's finding, figuring out when you're doing something like that, like what felt good to you and what didn't Yeah. keep the things that felt good, ditch the things that didn't and like maybe try another way. And so it's really like, and I think a lot of people get into these like cleanse cycles where you're just like, okay, I've eaten like crap. The holiday season is coming Mm -hmm. up. Like people eat a lot. Like Mm -hmm. there's traditional pies and meals and you're with family. And oftentimes when we get back with our family, you revert to like your old, like high school ways or, (laughs) and I mean, that's like a real thing. And it's just really knowing when you get to that point of knowing what feels good to you, it's maybe you make the conscious decision that like, I'm going to have this pumpkin pie and I know it's not going to make me feel good, but like, I'm going to have a little slice of it. So you can adjust the things that you have kind of depending on what, what does feel good to you. And if you have like a couple bites of it, that satisfies your craving for it and you don't feel like crap. Or like, maybe you make the conscious decision, like you don't mind feeling like crap today, but it's a conscious decision. And I, I often say like, when you're able to like pop out of your thoughts and choose which direction to go down, that is so much better than not having awareness over it. Mm -hmm. When you have awareness, you can make the choice, make the choice, which direction you want to go down. And if you choose to go one down one path or the other, don't beat yourself up. That's your choice. Move on. And part of the process is you have to really kind of change your inner dialogue to be more positive. Because when we talk, I really think that how you speak to yourself and your head is how you show up in the world. And if you're in this constant, like bend restrict, like negative talk cycle, that's how you show up to the people around you. That's how you show up. And so when you can start changing that, like I'm choosing to have this bag of chips that I know won't make me feel terrible. That's your conscious choice. Have them move on, celebrate the fact that you chose those chips instead of these other chips. Mm-hmm. Great. And part of it is really acknowledging and celebrating every single one of your small wins, because when you celebrate it, you feel the success and you feel happy, right? Mm-hmm. Like celebrations make you feel happy. And you want to do them. You want to celebrate things that make you feel good. And so part of the, you know, break down your, your big goals into small steps is when you reach those steps, celebrate yourself and, and applaud yourself and acknowledge that you just did something that's getting you closer towards your goal. So it's like a two-step process. (laughs) 
we forget to celebrate our little wins always. It's crazy. I even do that too. I'm like, I will ask, you know, my clients, how does that feel? How are you celebrating? And then I'll do something that's like really cool. And then I'll be like, okay, now moving on. And I'm like, Whoa, I didn't even celebrate myself. It's almost like this weird. I can teach other people how to do it. And then for myself, I need somebody else. It's hard. It's hard to do it. Change is hard. Change is scary. Doing something that's different than you normally do is, is scary. There's this really great analogy that I love. It's the trapeze analogy. And it's when you're hanging on a trapeze, you are on the first bar and you're just hanging. You're in your comfort zone. You've been there for a while. You're just kind of like slowly swinging. But in order to get to the next bar, you have to swing and jump. You have to release the bar. And that space is the unknown, right? Like you've never been there before. You're flying forward. And the unknown is scary. Change is scary. Fear brings up a lot of feelings and emotions. But once you jump through that space and let go and get across the unknown to the other bar, you've just become someone you never were before. You've just done something you never have before. And it's a really incredible feeling. But you won't know what that feels like until you let go and until you change and until you experience the unknown. And I think that it's really, it's a really, I'm a very visual learner. So I think it's a very great visual and get through the discomfort, face the discomfort. The unknown can be scary, but staying in your comfort zone is even scarier. Mm -hmm. To not experience what you're meant to experience is terrifying. Mm, That's a great analogy. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I love that you are disrupting this space because it needs to be talked about over and over, like how to get back to how you feel, how you want to live, what makes you feel good. I love that. And I also love that you have like a pantry. What is it called? It's that's incredible. Pantry edit. Yeah. Pantry edit. Like people really needed to like learn. I kept hearing people say like, I don't know how to read nutrition labels. And I was like, I can teach you this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a huge a huge tool, I think that can be so, so helpful. And if people want to work with you, how do they find you? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram or any social it's at Lindsay Kazuba health and my website's Lindsay Kazuba health. I do the pantry edit. Like we talked about, if you want to learn more about nutrition labels and ingredient lists and just kind of tips for food shopping. I also do, um, a one-on-one coaching program, which I do a free discovery call for. If anyone is interested in learning more about, we can hop on the phone and just chat kind of through what your goals are and where you want to be and see if I can support you. And then we can chat about my program. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. Chris. This was you. so fun. Yes. We'll talk to you later. See you. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Fucking Knew. To apply for a complimentary call, click the link in this episode's description and share with a friend.